Dr. Morgan Davis, a lean man with sharp features and an analytical gaze, stood before his latest creation. His assistant, a young enthusiastic researcher named Maya, with olive skin and a cascade of curly hair, watched eagerly. They were on the brink of a medical revolution, a virus engineered to eradicate a deadly disease that had plagued humanity for decades. Maya, record the final sequence, Davis instructed, his voice steady but tinged with excitement. He carefully pipetted a glimmering liquid into a patri dish. This is it, our cure. Maya, her hands slightly trembling, documented each step. Her admiration for Davis was evident in her wide, hopeful eyes. Doctor, this will change everything. Days passed, and the town buzzed with news of Davis's breakthrough. The local hospital began administering the virus to patients. It was a moment of triumph, but triumph turned to terror. Within days, an alarming number of patients began exhibiting strange symptoms. Their skin paled, veins darkening and protruding grotesquely. Their eyes, once full of gratitude, now glowed with a feral, unsettling hue. The virus had mutated within their bodies, transforming them into something bizarre. Davis and Meyer watched the news in disbelief as reports flooded in. Half the town, now infected, turned into aggressive, inhuman entities. Their human features twisted grotesquely, their limbs elongating, fingers morphing into talon-like appendages. They moved with a disconcerting, animalistic grace, their minds seemingly lost to a primal rage. The streets became a hunting ground. Terrified screams reverberated through the air as these entities preyed upon the uninfected. Cars crashed, abandoned, their doors swung open in a futile escape attempt. The town was now a scene from a nightmare. In the lab, Davis's hands shook as he watched the chaos unfold. What have I done? He whispered, his face pale, eyes haunted. Maya stood beside him, her usual optimism replaced by a dawning horror. We have to find a cure, she said, her voice barely above a whisper. Davis nodded, a heavy weight settling in his chest. He had sought to be a saviour, but had instead become a harbinger of doom. Now he faced the monumental task of undoing his catastrophic mistake, not just to save the town, but to redeem himself. The government's response was as rapid as it was ruthless. Within hours, the town transformed into an isolated fortress. Giant, impenetrable walls, seemingly erected overnight, encircled its boundaries. The towering structures, made of reinforced concrete and steel, stood as a somber sign of the severity of the situation. Armed guards patrolled the perimeter, eyes scanning for any signs of the mutated beings attempting to escape. Dr. Davis, standing at the edge of the town, watched in disbelief as the last of the wall segments locked into place. The sound of the heavy machinery reverberated through the empty streets, a mechanical dirge for the town's newfound isolation. This can't be happening, Maya murmured beside him, her voice barely audible over the uproar. Her face, usually vibrant and expressive, was drawn and pale, eyes wide with shock. From their vantage point, they could see the outside world, people gathered beyond the quarantine zone, faces pressed against the barriers, a mixture of fear and morbid curiosity in their eyes. News crews set up cameras, 
broadcasting the unfolding horror to a global audience. The town had become the epicenter of an unprecedented crisis. Inside the quarantine, chaos reigned. The mutated beings roamed the streets, their grotesque forms standing out against the familiar backdrop of homes and businesses. Terrified residents hid wherever they could, transforming schools, churches and homes into fortresses. The town's infrastructure crumbled under the strain, power flickering and water supplies becoming unreliable. In the centre of the town, the hospital had turned into a scene of unimaginable horror. Abandoned medical equipment littered the hallways, the floors stained with blood and debris. The staff, overwhelmed and underprepared for the scale of the catastrophe, had either fled or fallen victim to the very patients they sought to help. Amidst this, Davis and Maya struggled with their own turmoil. Guilt gnawed at Davis, each scream and cry from the outside world a haunting memory of his role in this tragedy. Maya grappled with the reality of their situation. We have to do something, Morgan, she said, her voice desperate. We can't let this be the end. Davis nodded. They would have to venture out to face the nightmare they had unleashed, to find a way to reverse the devastation. As they prepared to leave the lab, a distant rumble of helicopters signalled the arrival of new players in this dire scenario. The special operations team, led by Captain Mason Walker, was about to enter the quarantine town, bringing with them a glimmer of hope, however faint. The sky was overcast, heavy with the promise of rain, as the military helicopter descended into the quarantine zone. Captain Mason Walker, a seasoned veteran with a stern demeanour and a muscular build, scanned the desolate landscape below. His face, marked by a few scars, betrayed no emotion. He was the leader of a special operations team, hand-picked for this mission, each member a specialist in their field. The helicopter landed on a helipad, the rotor blade stirring a whirlwind of dust and debris. The team disembarked swiftly, their movements precise and practiced. They were clad in advanced tactical gear, a blend of armor and technology designed to withstand the unknown threats they were about to face. Walker surveyed his team. Sergeant Piper Jackson, a sharpshooter with keen eyes and a calm demeanor. Corporal James Doc Brennan, the medic, his face kind but his eyes alert. And Private Miguel Torres, the youngest, his youthful exuberance tempered by a serious undertone. Each carried their own weight, both in gear and in the significance of the mission. The streets of the town were silent. Abandoned cars littered the roads, their doors ajar, windows shattered. Personal belongings were strewn haphazardly, left behind in the panic-stricken flight of the townspeople. Walker signaled the team to move out. They advanced cautiously, their boots crunching on broken glass and debris. The buildings loomed like silent sentinels over the desolation. As they moved, Walker's eyes were constantly scanning, assessing every shadow, every movement. His hand rested near his sidearm, ready for any threat. The team communicated in short, clipped sentences, their voices barely above a whisper. Their first objective was to rendezvous with Dr. Davis, the man whose creation had inadvertently caused this catastrophe. Walker had been briefed on the situation, but he knew that the reality on the ground was often different from reports. They reached Davis's lab, 
a building that now resembled a fortress, barricaded and secured against the horrors outside. Walker knocked on the heavy steel door with a coded rhythm, a prearranged signal. The door opened cautiously, revealing Dr. Davis and his assistant Maya. Davis's face was drawn, the weight of his guilt evident in his eyes. Maya looked wary, but determined. Dr. Davis, I'm Captain Walker. We're here to assist you, Walker said, his voice firm, conveying both authority and reassurance. Davis nodded, relief mingling with trepidation. Thank you, Captain. We have much to do. Walker and his team stepped inside the lab, the door closing behind them with a heavy thud. They were now in the midst of the quarantined zone, surrounded by unknown dangers. But for Walker and his team, this was another mission. Another day in a life defined by facing the unimaginable. Inside the fortified lab, Dr. Morgan Davis, his posture stooped, his face etched with lines of stress, led Captain Walker and his team through the complex network of equipment and research data. The lab felt like a bunker, shielding them from the horrors outside. Davis's hands trembled slightly as he gestured towards a large interactive display showing the molecular structure of the virus. This is where it began, he said, his voice a blend of remorse and scientific detachment. We engineered the virus to target and eliminate specific cells responsible for the disease. It was supposed to be our greatest achievement. Captain Walker, his expression unreadable, listened intently. Sergeant Jackson, Corporal Brennan and Private Torres stood nearby, their eyes fixed on Davis, trying to comprehend the scale of the disaster. But something went wrong. Davis continued, swallowing hard. The virus mutated beyond our predictions. It started altering the host's DNA, transforming them into... those things. His hand waved vaguely in the direction of the town outside, where the mutated beings roamed. Maya, standing beside Davis, added, We've been trying to reverse-engineer the virus, find a way to stop it, but it's complex, unpredictable. Walker nodded, processing the information. Do you have any leads? Anything that could point us towards a cure? Davis sighed, his gaze dropping to the floor. There are theories, potential pathways for a cure, but nothing concrete. The virus is unlike anything we've seen. It's adapting, evolving. The team exchanged glances. They were in uncharted territory, facing an incomprehensible enemy. We need to start somewhere, Walker stated, his voice firm. Any information, no matter how small, could be the key. Davis nodded. He moved to a nearby workstation, cluttered with papers and research notes. There's a pattern in the mutations, a kind of signature in the virus's structure. It might be a weakness, but isolating it, understanding it, it's a monumental task. Walker turned to his team. We'll assist in any way we can. Doc, you'll work with Dr. Davis on the medical aspect. Jackson, Torres, secure the perimeter. Ensure we're not interrupted. The team sprang into action, each member tackling their assigned tasks with professional efficiency. Davis and Brennan pored over the data, discussing complex virology theories. Jackson and Torres patrolled the lab, their eyes and ears alert for any signs of danger. As they worked, Davis's guilt remained a silent spectre in the room. He knew that every moment they spent trying to decipher the virus 
was a moment the infected roamed free, a moment the town suffered under the shadow of his creation. But amidst the guilt, there was also a spark of hope. With Walker's team now part of the equation, there was a chance, however slim, that they could undo this nightmare. The sun was setting as Captain Walker's team prepared to venture out from the lab. Their objective was to establish a secure perimeter and gather more information on the mutated beings. Tension was high. This would be their first direct encounter with the consequences of the virus. Walker led the way, his eyes sharp and focused. Sergeant Piper Jackson followed closely, her rifle at the ready, scanning the rooftops and darkened alleyways. Corporal James Brennan and Private Miguel Torres flanked them, equally alert. As they turned a corner onto what used to be a busy main street, the silence was shattered. A group of mutated humans emerged from the shadows of a shattered storefront. Their appearances were grotesque, a horrific distortion of their former selves. Their limbs were elongated, their skin a mottled grey, and their eyes glowed with a feral, unnatural light. Walker raised his hand, signalling a halt. He whispered into his comms, Engage with caution. Aim for the limbs. We need to incapacitate, not kill. The team acknowledged silently, adjusting their positions. The mutated beings snarled a guttural chilling sound and charged with surprising speed. The confrontation was immediate and brutal. Jackson, with practiced precision, fired her rifle, her shots finding their targets with lethal efficiency. Brennan, though a medic, handled his weapon with equal skill, providing cover as Torres moved in with more agility, aiming to incapacitate rather than kill. Despite their training, the team was visibly unsettled by the creature's strength. Bullets seemed to only slow them down momentarily. One of the beings lunged at Torres, its claws extended, but he rolled away just in time, firing a shot that severed the creature's limb. It howled in pain but continued its relentless assault. Walker fought with a cold, calculated fury, his experience in combat evident in every move. He managed to subdue one of the creatures, pinning it to the ground. Brennan! Tranquilizer! He barked, holding the thrashing being down. Brennan rushed over, administering a strong tranquilizer. Slowly, the creature's movement ceased, its glowing eyes dimming as it fell unconscious. The team regrouped, breathing heavily, the adrenaline still coursing through their veins. The encounter had been an awakening to the reality of their situation. These mutated beings were no longer human, their bodies and minds twisted into something monstrous. Walker surveyed his team, ensuring none were injured. We need to move back to the lab, he said, his voice steady but tinged with urgency. This changes our approach. We're not just up against a virus, we're up against something that's transformed the infected into... something else. Back in the relative safety of Dr. Davis's lab, the atmosphere was one of controlled chaos. The walls were lined with shelves crammed with vials, petri dishes, and an array of scientific instruments. Digital screens displayed complex genetic sequences and virological data, flickering with the rapid processing of information. Davis, his eyes bloodshot from exhaustion, pored over the data with Corporal Brennan, their conversation a rapid exchange of medical jargon. 
Sergeant Jackson and Private Torres stood guard at the lab's entrance, their weapons at the ready, while Walker joined Davis and Brennan at the main workstation. It's adapting faster than we can analyze it, Davis muttered, frustration evident in his voice. Every time we think we're close, it evolves, slips through our fingers. But there's a pattern, Brennan interjected, pointing to a series of graphs on the screen. The virus shows a consistent anomaly in its replication process. It could be a vulnerability. Davis's eyes widened as he followed Brennan's explanation. Yes, yes, that could be it. If we can design a compound that targets this anomaly, we might be able to disrupt the virus's ability to mutate, effectively neutralizing it. Walker leaned in, his expression serious. How soon can we have this compound? We can synthesize a prototype within hours, Davis replied, a flicker of hope in his eyes. But the real challenge is testing it. We need a live subject, someone infected but not fully transformed. The room fell silent. Testing on a live subject was burdened with ethical and practical challenges. The risk of accelerating the mutation or causing further harm was high. Yet without testing, the potential cure would remain a hypothesis. Walker broke the silence. Time is not on our side. We have to make a decision, and we have to make it now. Davis nodded, his expression grim. I understand the risks, but this is our best shot. If we wait any longer, there might not be a town left to save. The decision was made. They would proceed with synthesizing the compound and prepare for a live test. Davis and Brennan worked to synthesize the compound, while Walker coordinated with his team to identify a suitable test subject. Dr. Davis held the newly synthesized compound, a clear, viscous liquid contained within a syringe. The potential cure, their only hope, glinted under the harsh fluorescent lights. The team had gathered. Captain Walker broke the heavy silence. We need a volunteer for the test. It's a high risk, and I won't order anyone to do it. This has to be your choice. The words hung in the air. A significant proposition. Each member of the team understood the importance of the situation. The compound was untested, its effects unknown. The risk of severe adverse reactions, or worse, was high. It was Sergeant Piper Jackson who stepped forward. Her expression was resolute, her posture firm. I'll do it, she said, her voice steady, betraying no hint of hesitation. Her eyes met Walker's, conveying a quiet strength. Walker started to protest. Jackson, you don't have to... She interrupted him. I know what I'm signing up for, Captain. We need answers and we need them now. I'm ready. The room fell silent, acknowledging her decision. Davis approached her, the syringe in hand. Sergeant, you understand the risks? Jackson nodded, her jaw set. I do. Let's get this done. She sat down, rolling up the sleeve of her tactical uniform. Davis disinfected the injection site, his hands steady despite the turmoil of emotions within him. This was the moment of truth. The culmination of their efforts tinged with the fear of the unknown. With a deep breath, Davis administered the injection. The compound flowed into Jackson's bloodstream. All eyes were fixed on her, watching for any sign of reaction. For a long moment there was silence. 
broken only by the gentle whir of the lab equipment. Jackson remained stoic, her gaze fixed ahead. Minutes passed, each one stretching out like an eternity. Davis monitored her vitals, the screens displaying a steady rhythm of heartbeats and oxygen levels. Jackson showed no immediate adverse effects, but the tension in the room remained high. The true test was whether the compound would prove effective against the virus, whether it could be the key to reversing the nightmare that had befallen the town. Walker stood beside Jackson, his expression one of quiet support. The rest of the team waited in a tight circle, a united front in the face of uncertainty. The tension in Dr. Davis's lab escalated as time passed after the injection was administered to Sergeant Piper Jackson. Initially, there were no visible reactions, a small comfort that perhaps the compound was working as intended. But that comfort was short-lived. An hour into the wait, Jackson's demeanor began to change. Her steady breathing became labored, her skin taking on a pallid hue. Dr. Davis, monitoring her vitals, noted the alarming changes with a growing sense of dread. Her heart rate is increasing. Something's not right, he announced, his voice tinged with worry. Jackson's eyes flickered with confusion and pain. She gripped the sides of the chair, her knuckles whitening. I... I don't feel so good, she muttered. Her voice strained. Captain Walker, standing close by, moved towards her, concern etched on his face. Jackson, talk to me. What are you feeling? But before she could answer, the transformation began. Her body convulsed violently, her muscles bulging and contorting in a grotesque manner. Her skin started to ripple and change, taking on the same mottled grey appearance as the infected they had encountered outside. The team reacted instantly, moving back, giving her space, their faces displaying shock and horror. Corporal Brennan reached for his medical bag, but it was clear that whatever was happening was beyond any conventional medical intervention. Walker's voice was a combination of command and desperation. Jackson, stay with us! Fight it! But the sergeant they knew was disappearing before their eyes. Her features twisted, her humanity eroding under the virus's influence. Her eyes now glowed with the same feral, unnatural light as the other infected. The transformed Jackson let out a guttural roar and lunged towards the nearest team member, Private Torres, who barely dodged out of the way. The lab erupted into chaos, the team scrambling to subdue her without causing harm. Walker faced the heart-wrenching decision. He drew his sidearm, his hands steady despite the turmoil raging within him. I'm sorry, Jackson, he whispered, duty and sorrow in his voice. With a swift, practiced motion, Walker fired. The shot was precise, aimed to incapacitate rather than kill, but the impact sent Jackson crashing to the ground. The team froze, the sound of the gunshot ringing in the lab, a grim punctuation to the tragic turn of events. In the aftermath, the lab was filled with a heavy silence. The reality of what had happened settled in, weight on each team member's shoulders. Jackson lay motionless. Her transformation halted, but the sergeant they knew was gone. Walker holstered his weapon, his face a mask of stoic grief. He approached Jackson's body, his hand reaching out to close her still glowing eyes. She was one of the best.
he said, his voice barely audible. The lab was somber in the aftermath of Sergeant Piper Jackson's transformation and subsequent neutralization. The team was quiet, each member lost in their own thoughts, grappling with the dark reality of their situation. Dr. Morgan Davis, his face drawn and eyes haunted, returned to his workstation to uncover what had gone wrong. Captain Mason Walker watched Davis, his own expression one of deep-seated frustration. The loss of Jackson was a significant setback in their mission. Davis began meticulously analyzing the data from Jackson's transformation. The screens flickered with graphs and genetic sequences, a digital mosaic of the virus's behavior. Corporal James Brennan joined him, offering his medical expertise, while Walker and Private Miguel Torres maintained a vigilant watch over the lab. Hours passed, the only sounds in the lab being the occasional murmur of discussion and the relentless tapping of Davis's keyboard. Then, Davis paused, his eyes widening in realization. I found something, he announced, his voice filled with excitement and concern. The team gathered around the workstation. Davis pointed to a series of complex diagrams on the screen. The virus, it's not just mutating randomly, it's adapting. Every time we introduce a potential cure, it changes, counters it. Walker leaned in, studying the data. Adapting? Like it's learning? Exactly, Davis replied, his fingers moving across the keyboard, bringing up more data. Look here and here, he pointed at specific points on the diagram. The virus's genetic structure altered after each of our cure attempts. It's as if it's evolving to protect itself against our interventions. Brennan, his brow furrowed, added, It's like an arms race at the molecular level. We develop something to fight it, and it develops a countermeasure. The revelation was a chilling one. The virus was a highly adaptable organism, capable of defending itself against their attempts to neutralize it. This level of adaptability was unprecedented, far beyond any typical viral behavior. Torres broke the silence, his voice tinged with fear. So what do we do? Every time we try something, it just gets stronger. Davis turned away from the screen, his gaze meeting each team member. We need a new approach, something the virus can't predict or adapt to. We have to outsmart it, find a way to use its adaptability against it. The team absorbed this information, the weight of the challenge ahead settling upon them. The virus was a puzzle to be solved, a complex, shifting problem that required ingenuity. Walker stepped forward, his voice firm. Then that's what we'll do. We regroup, rethink our strategy and hit this thing where it's not expecting. Jackson's sacrifice won't be in vain. We owe her and the people of this town our best shot at this. The team nodded in agreement. In the aftermath of the revelation about the virus's adaptability, a heavy sense of urgency pervaded Dr. Davis's lab. Captain Mason Walker and Dr. Morgan Davis, standing amidst the clutter of research equipment and data screens, faced each other, a mutual understanding in their eyes. The situation called for drastic measures. We need fresh samples directly from the source, Davis stated, his voice steady despite the weight of his words. The core of the infected zone. The behavior of the virus in the environment might give us the clues we need to stop it. 
Walker considered this, his jaw set firmly. It's a suicide mission. The core of the zone is the most dangerous area. We've seen how fast and lethal those things are. Davis nodded, a grim acceptance in his eyes. I know, but our attempts in the lab are like shooting in the dark. We need to understand the virus in its active state in the field. It's the only way. Walker turned to his remaining team members, Corporal James Brennan and Private Miguel Torres, who had been listening intently. This is not an order. It's a volunteer mission. I won't ask any of you to walk into this blindly. Brennan and Torres exchanged a glance, a silent communication passing between them. Then, almost in unison, they nodded. We're with you, Captain, Brennan said, his voice resolute. Torres simply gave a nod. The plan was simple, yet perilous. They would venture into the epicenter of the infected zone at dawn, moving stealthily to avoid detection. Their objective was to collect samples from the environment and, if possible, from one of the mutated beings. These samples would provide crucial insights into the virus's behavior outside the controlled conditions of the lab. The night was spent in preparation. Davis packed a portable lab kit, complete with sample containers, swabs, and other necessary equipment. Walker and his team checked and rechecked their weapons and gear, ensuring everything was in working order. As dawn's first light pierced the gloom, Captain Mason Walker's team, accompanied by Dr. Morgan Davis, embarked on their perilous journey into the very epicenter of the outbreak. The center of the town, now a web of devastation and terror, awaited them. The streets had transformed into a nightmarish tableau. Buildings were ravaged, their facades crumbling, windows shattered. Abandoned vehicles littered the roads, their silent forms telling tales of desperate escape attempts. The air was dense with an ominous silence, broken intermittently by distant, guttural sounds. The unsettling resonance of the mutated beings. Walker led the team, his eyes constantly scanning the environment for threats. Corporal James Brennan and Private Miguel Torres followed, their weapons at the ready, moving with a practiced stealth honed in combat. Dr. Davis, though out of his element in this chaotic landscape, kept pace, his focus on the mission overriding his fear. As they moved deeper into the town, the signs of the virus's devastation became more pronounced. Streets were strewn with debris, the remnants of lives abruptly disrupted. It wasn't long before they encountered the hordes of mutated beings. These creatures, once human, now roamed the streets, their forms grotesquely twisted by the virus. Their movements were erratic, driven by an insatiable aggression that had obliterated their humanity. The team was forced to engage. Walker and his soldiers fought with a combination of tactical precision and sheer survival instinct. They navigated the maze of horror, moving from one cover to another, their gunfire echoing through the desolate streets. Brennan, the medic, was also a formidable fighter, his shots precise, aimed to incapacitate rather than kill. Torres, the youngest, fought fiercely, his youthful face set in a grim mask. Davis, though unarmed, remained remarkably composed, understanding the necessity of their actions. The encounters were brutal and swift. The mutated beings were relentless, their strength and speed a terrifying manifestation of the virus's power. 
but Walker's team was equally relentless, their training shining through amidst the chaos. As they moved through the town, the scale of the calamity became overwhelmingly apparent. The mutated beings were everywhere. They witnessed scenes of heartbreak, homes turned into fortresses, signs of struggle, messages of farewell scribbled on walls. Despite the horrors they faced, the team pushed forward, driven by a singular goal, to find the key to stopping the virus, to prevent further loss of life. The hub of the infected zone was a vision of apocalyptic ruin. The team, having navigated the treacherous streets of the town, now stood at the epicenter of the outbreak. Here, the devastation wrought by the virus was at its most profound. The mutated beings seemed to converge, as if drawn by an unseen force to their origin. Captain Mason Walker, Corporal James Brennan, Private Miguel Torres and Dr. Morgan Davis found themselves surrounded by an increasing number of the grotesque creatures. Their escape routes were rapidly diminishing as more and more of the mutated beings emerged from the shattered buildings and alleys. The situation was dire. Walker realized they were dangerously close to being overrun. Davis, carrying the equipment necessary to collect the critical samples, was their key to finding a cure. Protecting him was paramount. In a moment of clarity, Walker made a decision that would forever alter the course of their mission. He turned to Davis, his voice resolute. Get the samples. We'll cover you. Davis, his eyes wide with the realization of what Walker was planning, started to protest, but Walker cut him off. There's no time, it's the only way. Walker then turned to Brennan and Torres. Keep him safe. Get back to the lab. That's an order. With a grim nod, Brennan and Torres positioned themselves around Davis, providing cover as he hurried to collect the necessary samples from the environment and, perilously, from a nearby mutated being. Meanwhile, Walker readied himself for his final stand. He checked his ammunition, a grim acceptance in his eyes. He knew what he had to do. With a deep breath, he fired into the air, the sound reverberating loudly, drawing the attention of the mutated beings. As the creatures turned towards the source of the noise, Walker began to move away from the group, drawing the horde with him. He moved with deliberate purpose, firing strategically, his every action calculated to keep the creature's attention on him and away from his team. His team watched in horror and admiration as Walker led the creatures away, sacrificing himself to give them a chance to complete their mission. Brennan and Torres provided cover fire, buying Davis precious time to collect the samples. Walker's stand was both valiant and tragic. He fought with the ferocity and skill of a seasoned soldier, but the sheer number of the creatures was overwhelming. Despite his efforts, they closed in, a tide of primal rage and mutated flesh. Back at the collection site, Davis secured the final sample just as the creatures began to realize their diversion. Brennan and Torres, understanding the urgency, ushered him away, retreating towards the lab with the hope of their mission in their hands. As they fled, the sounds of Walker's battle echoed behind them. Walker's last stand, a solitary figure against a horde of darkness, would be etched in their memories. The atmosphere in Dr. Morgan Davis's lab was heavy with grief. The team had returned, minus Captain Mason Walker, 
whose heroic sacrifice had given them the crucial opportunity to collect the necessary samples. The memory of his valiant last stand hung over them like a shroud. Davis worked to synthesize a new cure using the freshly gathered samples. The data gleaned from the core of the infected zone was invaluable, offering insights they hadn't had before. Corporal James Brennan and Private Miguel Torres assisted in any way they could, setting up equipment and preparing the lab while still grappling with the loss of their captain. The new compound was a culmination of all their efforts, a ray of hope born from the depths of despair. Davis's hands were steady as he prepared the injection, but his eyes betrayed the immense pressure he felt. This was their final chance, their last shot at finding a cure. I'll test it on myself, Davis announced, his voice resolute. It's the quickest way to see if it works. We don't have the time for another approach. Brennan and Torres exchanged worried glances, but they understood the necessity of the decision. Time was a luxury they no longer had. With the syringe ready, Davis rolled up his sleeve, exposing his arm. The room was silent. He injected the compound, the liquid disappearing into his vein. Then they waited. Minutes passed like hours, each second stretching out as they watched for any signs of reaction. Davis sat still, his gaze inward, monitoring his own body for any changes. Brennan kept a close eye on Davis's vitals, the monitors displaying a steady heartbeat and normalizing blood pressure. Torres stood by, his expression full of hope and anxiety. As the wait continued, Davis showed no signs of the horrific transformation they had witnessed in others. His skin remained unchanged, his faculties intact, each member of the team holding their breath, daring to hope. Finally, Davis spoke, I, I feel fine. No adverse reactions, no signs of mutation. Brennan checked him over thoroughly, confirming that there were indeed no physical changes. His vitals are stable. It looks like... It might have worked. A wave of cautious relief washed over the team. The compound, their final attempt, appeared to be successful. Davis had not undergone the monstrous transformation that had claimed so many, including Sergeant Piper Jackson. But the true test of the cure's effectiveness was yet to come. Would it reverse the effects of the virus in those already infected? Could it stop the spread of the infection and save the town? These questions loomed large in the lab, but for the moment, there was a glimmer of hope. Captain Walker's sacrifice had not been in vain. They had a potential cure, a weapon against the darkness that had enveloped the town. The mood in Dr. Morgan Davis's lab shifted from cautious relief to a flurry of activity as the team prepared to broadcast their success. The cure had worked on Davis. Corporal James Brennan and Private Miguel Torres were busy setting up the communication equipment, eager to share the news with the outside world and the government forces maintaining the quarantine. As Davis organized his notes and data for the broadcast, he decided to run one last series of tests on the virus sample. Something in the back of his mind urged him to double-check, to leave no stone unturned before declaring victory. It was during this final analysis that Davis stumbled upon a shocking revelation. The virus, under a more powerful magnification and advanced sequencing, displayed characteristics that were unlike any earthly pathogen.
Its structure was complex, almost engineered, and Davis realized the horrifying truth. This isn't a mutation, Davis whispered, his voice barely audible. This, this is something else entirely. Brennan and Torres gathered around, peering at the screen displaying the virus's genetic makeup. What do you mean? Brennan asked, a crease of concern forming on his brow. It's an alien life form, Davis said, his hands trembling slightly as he pointed to the unmistakable markers, characteristics that went against earthly biology. And it looks like it was intentionally released. The room fell into a stunned silence. The implications of this discovery were monumental. The mutation of the virus was not a tragic accident or a natural occurrence. It was a deliberate act, possibly an attack, with an origin beyond their planet. As they grappled with this revelation, the team's attention was drawn to the communication equipment. The screen flickered to life, showing a feed from outside the quarantine zone. It was then that they saw the extent of the situation they were facing. Beyond the towering walls that confined them, they could see activity. Unidentified aerial vehicles, unlike any known military craft, hovered in the sky. On the ground, mysterious figures moved with purpose, their technology advanced and unfamiliar. It became clear that the outbreak in the town was just the beginning, a test run for something much larger. The alien forces, having observed the chaos and destruction wrought by their pathogen, were preparing for the next phase of their plan. The team realized that their struggle was far greater than they had imagined. They were up against an extraterrestrial threat with unknown capabilities and intentions. The cure, while a significant achievement, was only a small victory in what would be a much larger battle. Davis, Brennan and Torres, the survivors of this initial encounter, now faced a daunting future. They had to warn the world, prepare for what was coming, and find a way to combat a threat from beyond the stars.